This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. It ended well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the final Oski Talk with me, Ori Benatar, and with Stephen Cohen. It's been a long journey. I still remember back in the day, mid-July, where I was sitting in my home in Columbus, and Stephen <laughs> was sitting in his home. I, were you in Champaign then by that point? No, I was in Buffalo Grove. No, you were still first, in Buffalo Grove. First episode. Now, you're in Madison, and I'm still in Columbus, but... 56 episodes later, and this is our last one. Oski Talk is not ending. We'll get to the future of that later. Sorry, my watch is telling me to breathe. I am breathing watch. But um, <laughs> Hey, you know, the cool thing is we've done an episode now. This is the only episode we will do in June. And the first one was released in August, but it was recorded in July. So we've done an episode for 12 different months. That means it's a year of Oski Talk. Yeah. Sorry about the blunder. The blunder. There we go. It's yeah. It's no, that's good. fine. <laughs> no, that's that is something special. I mean, being able to do at least an episode every month for just one school athletically, and it's not like this episode is. Just, there's going to be a lot of reminiscing about our four years covering Illinois sports because this is essentially the last time that either of us are doing like something big covering Illinois athletics. But we're still going to talk about current stuff on this episode. So it really, literally, is twelve months of, you know podcasting and talking about the Illini and having fun moments discovering things about you know me Stephen Patrick Anthony Tristan and some guests that we've had on the show so it, it was good times and for the last time some of those see... guests were just awesome just had a, oh, had a for great sure. time yeah, yeah but can't even name that many <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't that many unfortunately but I, I am sure that the hosts of Oski Talk for season two will get a ton more guests oh yeah um, and for the last time I will say in the very beginning Make sure you go to fourthandkirby.com. Check out some vintage-inspired, high-quality content made by University of Illinois alum, including the champagne is poppin' tea, fourthandkirby.com. But we'll lead off this podcast before doing the reminiscing about some of our favorite moments. We got to talk about some current Illini stuff. And obviously, last episode with Tristan, we were saying how the Big Ten tournament for Illinois baseball might have been a fluke. They lost two games in a row. They got out in the first round. But guess what? It was no fluke because Illinois baseball – lost their final four games of the season, including their last two, which were in the Oxford Regional of the NCAA Tournament. They lost game one to Clemson, and then they were eliminated from NCAA play, losing to Jacksonville State. So Illinois went 0-4 in postseason play. Yeah, no, this, uh, if they won, we would have had another episode, you know? Um, yeah. At least a super regional episode a week from now. But it's, uh, it is quite disappointing that this was... I'm not saying they were going to go compete for a national championship. This team wasn't that good by any means. Um, And you look at some of the top teams in college baseball in Illinois and really didn't compare in those ways just because there wasn't the consistency there all season. But it's disappointing that this team couldn't even find a way to get one win when it mattered because you knew that they were hyped after last year missing the tournament after Indiana made it. You knew they were hyped after being swept out of the Big Ten tournament. You knew they were hyped after they lost to Clemson in a sloppy, sloppy game in that first game of the regional. And then you get a bad Jacksonville State team, and they couldn't even do that. So 
I think it's really disappointing. I don't know what it means going forward for Illinois baseball. They're going to probably take a step back next year, even with another great recruiting class, just because you'll lose so much. And freshmen in all sports are really tough to still uh, kind of project in that way. Um, but it is quite disappointing that this is how the academic year ends because this could have been a really special season for this Illinois baseball team. Definitely, and like with Illinois baseball, they had so many moments that you were thinking, okay, this team is a top 25 team in the country. To lose four postseason games, not the ideal ending, and how much better college baseball teams are getting in the future. Like look at the Big Ten, for example. The Big Ten, going in, we thought they were only going to have like three teams we thought it was going to be three teams making the ncaa tournament and that was it from the ohio conference. state snuck in you know ohio was, state that, stuck that in for as a seven seed and won the big 10 tournament and michigan who was the top seed didn't even make the final it was nebraska and michigan at, did advance you know good for michigan they made yeah. it to the super regional so but look but looking at a team like clemson like they they got guys who won look like you know they're in their late you know they're in their 30s with their big beards and their big bats and they were destroying home runs against illinois i mean they were killing yeah. the ball and uh and it's a it's a shame it ended this way because all things considered the 2018-19 illinois uh, athletic year had a a lot more highs than the 2017-18 year with volleyball final four with football winning two more games with basketball having two top 15 upsets um i'm trying to think of other... No, those those were the big moments. It's just I look at this Illinois t- Illinois baseball, and this was probably I don't know, except for Illinois volleyball, the best like I don't know, like team sport that Illinois had uh, this year. They're, I'm not like including pure, tennis and stuff. I'm pure, talking about like the big ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pure just, team like, there sport. were there were a lot of pieces here, you know. And it's a like I look at someone like Jack Yalwitz, who played 203 games for Illinois, started 199, uh, and just had an outstanding career for Illinois. And it ends like this. Like, he put all this time in for this. Right. You know, you just would have liked to really see after four years of missing the tournament that this was a chance for them to put Illinois back on the map, which was kind of their big thing during the selection show a week ago. And they weren't able to do that at all. And it, I wouldn't have ever in my wildest dreams predicted that Illinois would lose all four of its postseason games and play the no. minimum. And no one I, just, thought... I didn't see that coming. No, no one did. I mean, they're a top uh, 25 RPI team. And. Jack Yalowitz is another example of another Illinois senior from this past year in our graduating class, you know, that gave their all for their teams, gave their all for their coaches, their teammates, and just bled orange and blue through and through. And they, they just, they didn't get the, they didn't get their just. Yeah, no, you look at, uh, I look at Nick Algretti. I look at Aaron Jordan. I Mike look at Dudek. Alex Whittinger. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about ones that really played four years. Right. You but know? Dudek was, like, you know. Yeah great no, guy I put Dudek on that list yeah Dudek um he did yeah he like went to the bowl game though in 2014 that's where it kind of loses it for me you know I'm looking at Al Gretti never went to a bowl game I'm looking at Aaron Jordan never went to a tournament Alex Whittinger won 40 games over four years and Jack Yell once he got this chance finally and the team they just kind of let it slip away that big four for me is four of the most disappointing but most four of the most like rewarding Illini careers I think I could watch because I know that these people went through the same thing as me in the same way. Yeah. Um, and I, I know how frustrating that could be in that way. Right. And it's just, it is a shame that it had to end like this. And as hard as it uh, it's ended for them, you know, for us like this in terms of just as fans, it's worse as an athlete. I mean, losing, oh, yeah. losing close games like that in heartbreaking ways. I'm not equating 
my personal experiences with theirs because in an NCAA level it's bigger. But just to put in a frame, like you know, I've lo- I lost soccer playoff games and you know <laughs> from bad refereeing calls and from bad refereeing decisions. Like our team was undefeated my sophomore year and we were forced to go to penalties because there was no light. And they decided, let's <laughs> skip extra time, go straight to a shootout. We lost. I still, I still am furious about it to this day. And it was six years ago. But that, you know, and that's that kind of feeling is what Aaron Jordan felt, what Jackie Allen's probably felt, Whittinger. Like, as an athlete, you work so hard. You want to win. And, you know, having all those losses under your belt, not getting to the place that you know you can, you can get to, it's it's disappointing. But, you know. I got a, I got two questions to kind of wrap up this Illinois baseball season, though. Okay. Uh, first one, pitcher of the year. Who gets the Cy Young for Illinois baseball? I think Fisher. Okay. Well, starter or, or are you including relievers? Well, no, I think Cy Young. It could be a reliever, you know, oh, any fine. pitcher. So. Fine. If it's, ever, if it's all pitchers, then it's Garrett Acton. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. He, he, he just... There are stats that we've never seen before at this level of baseball, yeah. you know? I, I think Fisher's a time. close second, but Acton for me, because I hear Cy Young, you think starters, because when was the last time mm-hmm. a reliever won a Cy Young award? I mean, I don't even think Mariano didn't Rivera. Didn't Eric Gagne? Eric Gagne, Gagne didn't. I mean, Mariano Rivera yeah. didn't even win a Cy Young award. I think Gagne <laughs> and, like, Dennis Eckersley were yeah. the were the big reliever names that won. I think Raleigh Fingers, too, but, yeah. you know. Garrett Acton was the, was the Cy Young of the year for Illinois. He was the best pitcher. He just had so many great saves he came in in big moments sure he had a couple of ones he had a couple blown save opportunities that she yeah. should have gotten but yeah. he came in and he he was money he was money he four he, he had the 19 saves he also had four losses including the game against jacksonville state against the gamecocks on uh, saturday but you know yeah they, he was unbelievable and uh, i think he'll come back i would hope he would um mm-hmm. but he might get drafted tomorrow on wednesday yeah We'll okay, see. so that's Cy Young. I'm guessing your second yeah. question is MVP. Yeah. MVP. Who gets MVP? There's a few options here, so you got you got some good ones. I'm tempted to say Acton also gets MVP, but Oof. I think it's between He's him. He's not Zach Britton. I wouldn't be like, yeah. <laughs> what? He's not Zach Britton. I'm not giving a MVP No, 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 no. He's not. He's not Zach Britton. Hey, MVP relievers are people too. They can win MVP awards also. <laughs> But that's like saying Chase McLaughlin was Illinois football's MVP. He was, or Blake, which Hayes. he might have been. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. You know, relievers are people too. We got to start that hashtag. But uh, no, I mean, from a hitting standpoint, if you have an MVP as a hitter, I would probably say Zach Taylor. Yeah, glad we agree on that too. He would have had an unbelievable year if he wasn't hurt for three weeks. Definitely, and I think if Michael Massey played in second base all season, then mm-hmm. you know he would have probably won. Uh, a lot of a lot more accolades and oh his no well I think it's not if, if he was at second base all season he was healthy all season in that case I think he was held back a bit by the back uh, that first month but once he got going like he was great but his numbers could have also been really gaudy if uh, he played yeah a full but, healthy season but, but I gotta say you fine. know breakout seasons you know we saw Comia and McDonald and uh, and Campbell Sarver Sarver have some big moments with some big clutch hitting but you know the get better pitching now. Got to yeah. get the pitching going. That's true. So it's it's a mixed bag for sure. And I think the, the bottom line to wrap up the 2019 Illinois baseball season, they had moments where they, they showed that they were a top 25 team and they had the roster for it, but it was a lack of consistency, and that really started in Big Ten play when they lost all those games to teams that were probably worse than them. And then, you know, 
going into the postseason after playing such weak opposition in the likes of uh, Purdue and Michigan State. Maybe they weren't prepared going into the Big Ten tournament to face better teams. God, I would I would hate to think that. You know, that's that's like the worst worst scenario right there. That they to... they weren't ready. Like right, because they hate... get an easy home stretch. Of course, I mean you would hate to think that, but sometimes in reality that that could be the case. You know, you look yeah, at... it was a month since they, like, had played a top 25 team in Indiana at that point. So it was, like, rough, and they haven't seen, except for the Big Ten tournament, they hadn't seen great competition in a while. And then, oh, yeah, I don't know. I thought the region, I thought they had a good chance, obviously, but... No, I mean, in all things considered, in terms of the regional, they definitely should have at least won a game or two. I mean, that, oh, that, yeah. was, that was the You don't that was lose the to the Gamecocks. No. You don't lose. And that's the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, um, a school Which is in Alabama. So. Which is in Alabama. It's not even in Florida. <laughs> so there you go. Jacksonville State uh, confusing us all. But you know what? It's not all doom and gloom for baseball the way it ended because, you know, at the time of recording this podcast, two Illini baseball players did get drafted. Michael Massey, as uh, my as Isaac Trotter said on Twitter, is going to go and replace Whit Merrifield in Kansas City. So he's a royal. Good and then, and then Jack Yalowitz is going to be playing at Coors Field in Colorado for the Rockies uh, to bash some home runs in the highest altitude stadium in Major League Baseball, as Jack Yalowitz could hit 800 career home runs once he gets to the major. So, you know, congrats to those guys. Fully deserved. Yeah, big, uh, like Massey, obviously, is the highest middle infielder ever drafted by, uh, highest ever Illini drafted middle infield. That's weird. Highest ever Illini middle fielder to be drafted in the fourth round. I think so, you got that right. Uh, yeah, I got it the fourth time. Um, the one year after Brent Spillane goes in the third, Michael Massey is the fifth highest line I ever drafted in that case. And this is a guy that just has all the tools to be successful. He could play shortstop. He could play seconds. Great high character guy. These are just like basic draft things that people say. Um, but a lot of potential right there. And he is only 21. So he's on the younger side of being a junior. He could be almost 22 at this point, but he just turned 21. Right. So I think you give him two or three years. Uh, to grow, and then at that point he's in AAA, maybe as a 24, 25-year-old, and there's a chance that he gets called up. But I think uh, the way that he progressed and he was consistent during his time with the Illini, no reason in my mind he can't give it a shot to one day make an MLB roster. I think he definitely could. But for Massey, you got to think of the current state of the Kansas City Royals roster. I mean, that middle infield, you've got Ad- Adalberto Mondesi, who I have barely even heard of this guy before <laughs> April. And now he's, you know, the, the top base dealer in the American League, and he's he's a breakout star as a shortstop. With Merrifield, very solid, too. So maybe Massey takes up playing third or playing, you know, left field. Kind I of think game. it's the bad. Like, I don't I don't think the position's too much of an issue right now. If he can't hit in the minors, he's not going to hit in the majors. No, yeah. You but have I think to, his you have bat projects well enough that, like, if he – and he did well in the Cape Cod Summer League last year. So if that bat comes through the first two years in the minors – I think that like he can play any position. He is such a good fielder. The arm's okay, so I don't know if I'd really put him in right or left. Right. But just overall, the glove is excellent. But and the, he didn't make an error for two years. Right, but the hope is maybe in the mid-2020s, you got a Jack Yalowitz Rockies against a Brent Spillane Reds in the NLCS. Winner plays a Michael Massey Kansas City Royals. Maybe. We'll see. Hey, only one of, like, these, the, the line that are going into the, like, draft, though, the past two years now, and a lot of the guys that couldn't get drafted on Wednesday, um, like, they are of a higher quality. Not to say anything about the guys like Jacob Goldstein or the ones that were drafted in the mid-2000s, kind of, like, the past five years before Spillane. But the line I go in there right now have much more MLB potential between Massey and Spillane. Tyler J is rocketing up the Twins organization. 
Um, Joey Gerber looks like he has a chance to be good. Doran Turchin was named an all-star today. With the Illini right now in the minors, there's going to be a few more Illini in the major leagues in the next few years. And we could definitely see uh, an Illinois major league pipeline go through considering major league baseball is just not one of those sports where you just think of, oh, there's, there's one school that always has players come through major league baseball. It's not like football and basketball where you think, oh, basketball, there's all these Kentucky guys, there's you know, all these Duke guys, NFL, all these, all, everyone's from Alabama or Ohio State. So maybe if these guys come up, maybe we, they start a trend. Illinois guys play in Major League Baseball. So That'd be ideal. That would be, in, like, I don't know. Maybe you had um guy drafted, um, what was his name? Drafted by the Brewer, Aiden Maldonado. Aiden Maldonado, yeah, Maldonado last year. Yeah. Like, there was a high draft pick. If Dan Harlow starts to get high scores to get drafted high, he gets a guys graduating from college or playing at Illinois for three years, getting drafted, making their way up farm systems. That says a lot about this program and can really build it up again. So I look, I think the 2020 is really bright for Illinois baseball. 2020, though, specifically, might be a down year. Well, we'll have to see how that unfolds. We won't, but the people who are going to be on Off the Talk <laughs> next season will. Um, and before we get to reminiscing stuff, James Holzhauer's Jeopardy record, uh, well, he didn't actually break any records technically, only single-day stuff, because he lost on Monday. It was leaked. You know, you think this in 2019, <laughs> you're going into 2019, and you're thinking, okay, what are the big things that could get spoiled for me? Oh, the end of Avengers. Oh, the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, maybe the end of Star Wars Episode Nine Or Stranger Things. No. It's a Jeopardy episode that was spoiled on Twitter, and James, you know, fully committed to it. He had some hilarious tweets, and he's making fun of how he might have tanked the game for the, for the Twitter followers and the likes, but obviously he didn't tank the game. But now, he lost on Monday to a librarian from Chicago, who has now won the last two days. Uh, Emma Betker, I believe is her name. Yeah. And Holzhauer did not break the, the game's record, nor did he break the uh, money record. He was so what's a- your take? My take did he did he tank it? Was no. it was this a conspiracy? Is there something so, else there? So Why I don't did th- he lose? So I don't think he tanked it, but I think he he could have won. But I was reading multiple things, and I actually heard it in the interview he did with Dan Patrick. So the one thing that was interesting. So this was actually taped back in March. I was under the impression yeah. that they taped them, you know, week by week. But no, this was taped months ago, and he was sitting on this secret for a while. <laughs> but you know, and you know, that, the entire time this run was happening, he, he knew. knew he lost. Yeah. And he knew. He knew when he lost. He knew how many he won. He knew how much money. I mean, after California state taxes, it's like a little over one and a half million dollars he wins, which is still, you know, pretty. pretty fr- it's a pretty freaking good payday. But many people <laughs> said, publi- many pe- yeah, many people said that his strategy to not bet high on the final Jeopardy clue was to make sure that the third place guy didn't catch up to him, so he could at least finish in second. Um, and if he wanted to bet big, it would have just been for the for the show of the cameras. He didn't. He didn't. He he wasn't sure he was going to get the last question right. And it was also interesting because that episode, where the one that he lost, was the first episode that was recorded for Jeopardy after Trebek announced his cancer. So that's when mm-hmm. it was public. And the discussion that he had with James for that episode was about uh, a card that James's daughter had sent to Trebek. A get well yeah. card so some people are speculating that he might have lost on purpose because he wanted to be with his wife and his daughter you know come home it's been six weeks but no one tanks jeopardy you don't tank to lose a game <laughs> i don't think he lost on purpose but the two players that he didn't have control of the board that was the bottom line and also she found the daily doubles and she he did found, yeah. and she and he she found, played well yeah she played and even the third place guy played well they didn't let him get control of the board but now the way that he played the game 
watching Tuesday's episode and seeing how she played and the other people are playing. Did she win? She won again. She's a two-day champ okay. with like 75K. She did w- okay. She did really well. But the way that you play Jeopardy now for the rest of time maybe, James completely changed it. You know, mo- <laughs> Now it's going to be you don't pick the 200 clues first. You pick the $1,000 clues first. Mm-hmm. You know, He invented and perfected this strategy of let's maximize my money so when I find the daily double, I can increase my lead exponentially and bet all this money. So now we're starting to see – the, the easier clues picked first, even though when so, they, what were we going to say? So how will you remember James Holzhauer? Uh, well, as, in five years, when I say the name James Holzhauer, will that ring a bell is the first thing. I'll say and what like, will you think? The, the best Jeopardy player that I've ever seen play. And I'm sure within five years, we are going to see him play Jeopardy again. I mean, he's got to compete. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got to compete in the tournament of champions, which you would expect him to win comfortably. And, you know, we've seen Ken Jennings play Jeopardy, you know, in multiple occasions. Uh, You know, they just did like an All-Star Games thing to celebrate the 35th anniversary. We saw Ken Jennings and uh, Brad Rutter, who was another great Jeopardy champion. They took on IBM's Watson computer. I would love Mm -hmm. to see James Holzhauer take on IBM Watson because while Watson was able to buzz in the quickest and get a lot of the answers right, the wagering that it had was, was a little wonky. And I feel like he could potentially beat the supercomputer in a game of Jeopardy. But you got to see him play Ken Jennings. But in five years, James Holzhauer, I'll remember him as, oh, he's the guy that dominated in Jeopardy and won $2.5 million. And guess what? He also went to Illinois. He is Illinois. He is, is Illinois. He, the state of Illinois is James Holzhauer. He, he, he put his face. He is the representation of the state. Chance, Obama, D. Rose, no. James Holzhauer. James Holzhauer. James Holzhauer. I'd say that that's the that's the Mount Rushmore of Illinois. <laughs> yeah, and I, I tweeted out a in poll. in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I tweeted out a poll after after the loss. I was like, which loss? Who lost in the most surprising way? Holzhauer, Cersei, the Night King, or Thanos? So, I know you don't get any of that, but people who no. do get that, you know, maybe uh, those, maybe tweet it out to us. Like, are those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? TMNT. Yeah, I was kidding. I, of course, you're kidding. I'm glad Thanos is not a <laughs> is not a turtle. Thanos is a purple alien. Cersei's a human, and the Night King was a huge disappointment. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was a good run from Holzhauer. He was he was awesome. Jeopardy's ratings are gonna go. Down. I did. I saw some things um, that were like, well, you know, James Holzhauer. He was seventy five thousand away from breaking the all time money record here for Jeopardy. And then he chokes it away in the final Jeopardy. Yep, he's an Illini through and through. He is and, one yeah. of us. You and know? many and many people equated it to, you know, 73 Golden State wins. It's like losing game seven. So the jokes were there. I mean, he also tweeted out how it's like, I shouldn't have invited Drake to the taping, which I thought was brilliant. I think that tweet got 93,000 likes, which it fully deserved. He's a funny guy. That's the thing I like about him. Like, I don't know if Ken Jennings is really likable in the same way. No, he Holzhauer is current and he's a funny guy. And one thing I was telling my parents as we've been watching the episodes, because he's a sports dude, like as a kid, he read sports mm-hmm. almanacs and learned about baseball and wrestling and he's a sports gambler. Besides the fact that he's a math whiz, people who tend to retain sports information could learn other trivia information too because learning about sports is learning about small little facts and numbers and little things mm-hmm. like that. That's what trivia is about. It's about knowing a little bit of everything and being able to figure out rhymes and patterns and clues and things like that. And with sports, you retain a lot of information, but it's in very small, 
you know, yeah. little packages. It's not like with science, you know, what's photosynthesis? You don't just say, oh, you know, it's how plants, you know, eat, basically. That's the stupid answer. But you t you talk to a science person, it's like, no, it's got carbon and hydrogen. I, re I used to know it, but I don't know it anymore. No, but yeah, people could like tell you about like the 2002 fighting Illini. And it's like, oh, well, that's like a very like niche thing. That just is uh, like a one specific point in time. And like, yeah, well, that's trivia. So, so. No, I think... Credit to James Holzauer. Amazing run. I would have liked to see him get 75. I would have liked to see him do it too. I also want to see Sports Jeopardy back. Dan Patrick hosted mm. Sports Jeopardy on NBCSN. I found some old episodes on uh, Crackle when that used to be a thing. And uh, it's it's fun stuff. <laughs> That's so. what Seinfeld used to be on. Seinfeld on Seinfeld was on Crackle? Yeah, you were able to watch all the episodes on Crackle. Oh, and then they moved to Hulu, which made sense. Yeah. Yeah, this crack. is like 2011. These are yeah. these were the days. Yeah, crackle doesn't exist anymore. But uh, I, I think that's a I think that's a good uh, segue to uh, have sort of our f season finale. You know, talking, reminiscing. You know, chatter. If you don't care, you can stop. If you just wanted to hear about the baseball and the holes hour, <laughs> but I encourage you to stay. So uh, yeah, I mean that, that's it, man. This is it. It's our last episode, uh, and I kind of wanted to discuss. Favorite Illini moments of the four years, now that it's all said and done. Uh, should I go with the five most disappointing or the five, five best? Whatever you want. That's, that's, that's the theme of this episode. Whatever we want to talk about. I'll count down the five most disappointing. You can do, you can do a different five. Okay. Um, I think number one's pretty easy. Uh, number one, I'll go 63 to nothing. Still um, bad, man. It's never going to, the feeling's never going to go away. That's the thing. It's always going to be there. It's such an easy number to remember, too. It's like right. nine touchdowns. Like, no field goals, no missed extra points. Nine touchdowns. Um, trying to think of other disappointments. No, I'll, I'll go happy moments. Uh, Michigan State upset, the Nebraska, we've done all this before. The Nebraska upset in football in 2015. Um, volleyball going to the Final Four. I don't know. It, the they all blend stuff. together, you know? Yeah. The typical. There's no, like, special moment to me that really just, like, sticks out at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the really special stuff really happened over the past academic year with Volleyball Final Four, with the Michigan State win, even the Minnesota win. I mean, that was that was an awesome victory oh, um, yeah. to have yeah. on homecoming weekend. Um, in terms of disappointing, one thing that will always stick out to me is 2016-17 when Illinois basketball had just beaten Michigan State at home. The Rutgers game. And then they lost to Rutgers, and then all hopes of them making the tournament were pretty much uh, out the window. And then they faced a pre-national sensation Taco Fall and got destroyed by him in Orlando because of the stupid State Farm Center hosting a musical so the game wasn't in Champaign. <laughs> so that is something that I will, I will still be disappointed by for many years. But since we've talked about, you know, so many moments kind of thing, uh, something that's interesting to discuss, the fa your favorite beat to cover, like, What's the your favorite team you covered in what year? Like your favorite season with a team? See, obviously, because I didn't cover too many sports, obviously, like being right. a band. So I, I wasn't able to, like with most of the things I went to, they were like me announcing hockey or me going to things for band. So I'd say then it has to be baseball. And I think i'd say my first year covering baseball i did some cool stories at that time um i did one especially it was about chuck naso who's with barstool now he was an illinois reliever in like the mid to 2010s um and he was already gone at this point in 2017 
but it was just like I had a lot of fun covering that team. That team was pretty good. They came close, but they weren't that good, like as good as the past two years. Um, but just like getting that feeling of covering like big time. I didn't know college baseball was like even a thing before I came to college. And then to like see it actually in action and just like get to know the guys and they're also down to earth and they're they're just like really good at baseball too. Um, I think it was just by far my favorite beat to cover, but that was because I didn't get to cover too many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just ran a website a lot. Yeah, I just ran a website and played some trumpet. You know, that's yeah, you know, yeah, it, was your, good, it was a good four years. Yeah, that's your whole four years, pretty much I got summed no up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being able to go to every football and basketball game for a whole season is pretty fun. But I still will never forget uh, covering both men's and women's gymnastics for an entire season. I think that was my favorite experience covering a team because it was a sport that I had very, you know, little knowledge about. I thought gymnastics at that time and I'm thinking, okay, you know, Gabby Douglas and uh, uh, Jordan Weber and, you know, uh, Sean Johnson, Nastia Liukin. Like I watched gymnastics only at the Olympics and I learned so much more about the sport and, you know, Justin Spring and the coach at the time for Illinois, Kim Landris and all the athletes there, like uh, Sarah Lyons, who I commentated gymnastics with, uh, She's awesome. And Mary Jane Horth, who I did my first uh, story about, who is now Mary Jane Otto. She was recently married a year ago. (laughs) Or, you know, Alex Diab, uh, Bobby Baker, and all these guys, you know, that competed for Brandon Nye, of course, winning a national championship. Mm -hmm. Like, the access that I had and the stories that I was able to do, and it was just unforgettable. And Justin Spring, you know, the the moment where I kind of realized, okay, this place has some pretty awesome people in it is when – I went to call a men's gymnastics meet. They played Stanford and Minnesota. It was a big-time meet. And the person mm-hmm. I was calling it with, Taylor Castro, she's she was a gymnast in high school, and she's a big gymnastics fan. And, you know, she, like, idolized Justin Spring. And it's like, <laughs> I'm – and and me and, and I'm pretty close with Justin Spring. You know, I talk to him every day for, like, a good uh, – for a good few months and, like, are on a good basis kind of thing. It's like, wow, you know, I'm – I'm <laughs> I'm connected with someone's idol. That's pretty awesome. And he's an oh, awesome yeah. guy. and. Being able to go and cover an NCAA championships, you know, that was the thrill. That was really when I started, like, understanding Twitter. I didn't tweet before then, and I <laughs> tweeted the whole thing. It was home in Columbus. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm very sorry you had to join Twitter. Oh, yeah. No, I know. It was a horrible decision. But covering the national championships, that was that was a hell of a time. I mean, I did not expect what was going to happen. Besides Brandon Nye becoming the youngest NCAA champion maybe in the history of college sports at 16. Mm-hmm being an aerospace uh, graduate now which is crazy i didn't i didn't expect to see six teams all doing routines at the same time and hearing noises from you know fans from palo alto here are the columbus people here's the champagne people you know i didn't see that coming it was the craziest thing i ever saw and something that i will never ever forget uh, of course also hockey and calling men's basketball openers no of course we like we make fun of like everything that's happened and this will like I don't know if anyone's listening still at this point to the pod, but you know, it's just like it's something on the champagne room as a whole in general, and like why I like doing this, and like a lot of people don't understand that like we we care and we like we make fun of this and we like we say that we hate it and we get disappointed about the losses, but like we care when it comes down to it, and these were like the best experiences that I'll ever have in journalism, and I I'll never like forget that or take that for granted as well, and I just wish people. Sometimes on Twitter, on a site like that, I would understand that more. And, like, I let that drive me the past few years as I did this because a lot of people, like, they would give us crap about, like, well, why are you saying this thing? Like, why aren't you being so positive? It's, like, because I care and I'm trying to enjoy myself and it's tough, but I'm trying to be the best journalist I can be. 
And uh, I wish if people understood that and they understood how much we care and how much it meant to us as well, I think they would view us in a different light and uh, we would, we'd be a much more better community in the, at the end of the day. I think that's very, very well said. Obviously, winning brings people together, but honestly, the stories and the people that are in Illini Athletics that we've had the pleasure to cover and learn about, you know, it really gives you the an idea of what who these people are and the things that they go through and just how hardworking they are, even in efforts, even in losing efforts, you know. The efforts of gymnastics and volleyball and, and track runners and football and basketball players and baseball and softball players. Everyone at every sport, they, they, they give their hardest effort. And and you said you're not going to – you might not be an Illini fan. Well, you'll always bleed orange and blue, but you might not like – you're not going to be a devoted Illini fan going no, forward I, just because you're not going to be in Illinois and you're not going to be in Champaign and it's tough and just nobody cares outside of this community about the Illini when it comes down to it, but – you know, it's like, you'll, these are things you'll never forget. These are things that I wish people appreciated more because, you know, I just feel like people graduate and they're like, well, I didn't never went to an event. And it's like, well, you had the chance. Like, right. And also could have gotten me- involved in this. And also the message that I always like to send to people. And a lot of people aren't like this, but this is kind of my philosophy with everything. Broadening your horizons of sports, I think, is I would recommend it to anyone. I mean, yes, basketball and football are the backbone of every college athletics, organ, you know, athletic uh, organization, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it's teams like volleyball who open the door to the smaller revenue sports with their success that, you know, that broaden people's horizons of seeing other sports being played. Like, I'm watching the Cricket World Cup this summer, and it's awesome. I know nobody cares, but just being able – Watching other stuff, I mean, yeah, football, basketball, baseball, they're great, but there's so many other sports that take so much talent and hard work and strength and athleticism that people just don't care about. See it happening, see the successes of it, and you'd appreciate it a lot. You know, I didn't know nothing about gymnastics, but now I appreciate them so much more after seeing them compete. Same with volleyball, same with, you know, golf and all of these other sports that are happening across campuses and around the world. It's that's why it's a it, sports is a truly unbelievable thing it, it really is something that can bring people together despite you know differing opinions politically and different backgrounds i think it's the greatest thing in the world so okay we'll bring it back uh illinois to kind of wrap it up but so let's do some predictions now uh what is the next illinois national champion and one the next illinois national champion Will Any be. sport. You get to choose the sport. Obviously, it's been a while since Illinois won its yeah, national championship no, there's, or something. There's a few rolling in my head. I'm deciding if I want to be bold or if I want to be safe. I am going to be bold and say volleyball. Because I think Chris... What year? I think... What year? Yeah. We'll go 2023. Oh, my God. They're 2023. Waiting forever. Not waiting forever. That's like almost three years from now. But Chris Thomas is just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and is an amazing coach. And all the women who have played for him have said that about him and his wife, who's an assistant on the team. And I think he'll be able to get some of the top talent in the country and be able to build a national championship team. I think gymnastics and golf would be my other choices, both the men's teams. But Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many other good teams competing with them. Volleyball too, but I think Illinois volleyball has the has the 
Texas <laughs> to build a national contender in three in two years. I mean, they already built one this past season, but build one that is even better. They that, should have been in the championship. Yeah, match. they should. I mean, they were up two sets to nothing against uh, against Nebraska, but. I think they'll build a team that will win a national championship. 2023. But I'm horrible at predictions, so that's probably not going to happen. I'll go men's golf in 2021, so okay. I think two years away. Okay. That's just because all these freshmen this year will be juniors at that point. So, yeah. Right. You know. Well, here's a better question. Yeah. When, it, when is football's next bowl game, and when is men's basketball's next March Madness appearance? Football's next bowl game is like 2026. Um, I think, uh, you know, that's even not even 20, that far 26. away. Not that far. Not that far away. Dude, I'll be um, 30. Okay, I, you know, at this point, I've learned to be realistic. And if I don't feel like it's going that way, I don't think it's going that way. So I think uh, that means you miss out on the Lovey era. That gets two more years probably in that case, if this happens. Um, so now it's, 20, it's the 2021 season. You're rebuilding at that point again. That takes three to four years. I think you're talking 2026. Okay. And then men's basketball, March Madness. Um, 2020. So okay. next year. I'm, I'm feeling that too. I'm feeling confident. Yeah. I think I think Illinois might come in as a preseason top 25 team. Yeah, the hype, the hype's getting me there, and I'm not sure if it'll like pan out that way. But like, it's it's getting me there at this point. You can't say they're number twenty-one in the country, and they can't, have, and then they have like they don't follow through in those expectations. Yeah. And Andy Katz is not an idiot. He knows what he's talking about. He's no, one, yeah, he's a great mind of college basketball, and he he has an idea of things. But the hype, the hype is getting to me too. I think Illinois will make the tournament next season. When's your sure. bowl game then? When what year is that? Uh, my bowl game is. I'll be even more pessimistic and say 2030. Oh my goodness. Come on. They luck into something in that five year stretch. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, hey, the Big Ten just added the Cheez It Bowl as part of their as part of their bowl games that they're gonna travel to. So oh, maybe maybe they play for a bowl of Cheez Its one day. That'll be something. It's better I'm than a bowl. Another decade. Another decade of this misery. Maybe. Hey, I don't know. It could happen. I'm just I'm just pulling out I'm just pulling a number. But I think I'd rather win a bowl of Cheez-Its than a bowl of oranges. You know, you have to peel all those things. You know, all the Cheez-Its are poured out for you. You can just put them in your mouth. They're delicious. Only if it's like the Flamin' Hot Cheez-Its. You know, like Flamin' Hot. Grill. I like the, the mix of the white cheddar and the and the regular cheddar. Those are, those are good. Yeah, they're all good. They're yeah. Cheez-Its. The grooves, too. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, grooves are good. The Flamin' Hot Grooves. That's the one I'm talking about. Ooh, mm. that's the double action right there. So Ooh, yeah. we were talking about that's Cheez-Its on our last episode. Who thought that was going to happen? But I think it's a good time to sort of uh, set you up for season two. So Oski Talk is not done. It's not like this is the end of the road. It's the end of our road. But this podcast will continue. It's probably going to take about a month hiatus. But then probably late July, early August, you will get Patrick Catazone and Anthony Pasquale. They're going to take over the pod. And our best wishes to them and our best wishes for them to make it better than what we made it. I want Oski Talk to be even better than what we than what we did. Oh, and they they got plans. They got they got interviews starting to line up. Uh, they got they got the motivation to do it still. You know they haven't had their hearts broken enough yet. They they were disappointed when Illinois lost in the NCAA tournament last week. Um, like they they were sad. And I I saw that in their like faces and their Slack messages. Like they they were upset. Um, but they'll they'll learn. But they're they're still they're still hyped right now. They got interviews set up. They got segment ideas. Uh, it's going to be through the SB Nation channel, so it won't. It'll be in a little different format than this, but it will still be very accessible for you to listen to at home or at work or on the go. 
uh, and I'm super excited for them. As uh, we know, you have Sands will uh, disband after this year as well as it has been for about the past month, but there will be an Oski talk, so that is not to be feared. Not to be feared. There will be a 57th episode, but it will be with new hosts, and it will be maybe a new format, maybe with more segments. So, wishing. But it Pat- will have the theme song. It will have the theme song. That is that. I am so glad I found that song. <laughs> Exit the premises, and I cut it perfectly. Just have to say that I cut the song <laughs> perfectly for the intro. So now that's like my crowning achievement on this podcast, making that intro. Um, but yeah, to Patrick and Anthony, wishing you good luck, of course, to S- to SB Nation and the Champagne Room for giving us this opportunity. I mean, Stephen gave me this opportunity, but you know, uh, for yeah. you know, SB Nation, Champagne Room, thank you. Well, for, let me say my thank yous to yeah. the champ, to say, SB say Nation. Your thank you know, yous. I, I just want to say, uh, wow, when it was mid July 2017, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't know what this was going to be. You know, I was just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't read the Champagne Room that much before. I read it a few times. But uh, they weren't publishing much content. There weren't that many writers, and I am so glad that I was able to kind of like bring this community back together in that way and set it up to a place where people can have open discussion. They can talk about their favorite teams. They can be disappointed together. And I'm so, I'm so uh, also happy that I've been able to see so many other writers now f- f- like flourish and get better uh, under TCR's umbrella. Just especially Tristan, obviously taking over the site. It's just amazing to see that this is giving people opportunities to expand their careers and uh, take it to the next level. So I just, I'm very thankful for the opportunity. I'll still be on the pod sometimes. I'll show up one once in a while. Maybe you'll show up once, you know, that'd be yeah, cool. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows where I'll, who knows where I'll be when uh, Illinois football is playing their first game in against Akron. Oh, or in a bowl. In a bowl. Yeah. Or, or in a bowl. You might who be knows? dead at that point, you know? Huh? You might be dead. I don't know about that. So it might, you might be dead at that point. It might be like 40, 50 years away. No, I, I think they can make a bowl game in the next 40 to 50 years. I'm pretty confident about that. That's what you think. You're not I said a real 20, Illinois fan, though. 2030. Oh, come on. I'm just, I, I just threw out a number. <laughs> I don't know how serious I was about that number. But, uh, but yeah, no, thanks to SB Nation and TCR. Uh, this was fun. It was a good time. And also, I, I think I also have to thank the Daily Illini, too, for giving me my start in covering mm-hmm. Illinois sports. Same with Steven. Uh, that's a, it's, another, it's a great place. And the university itself, you know, best decision of my life, no question. You know, I could have been Ohio Aww. State. Could have gone to Cincy, but no. Illinois was the right call. And I'm glad I went there, and it was, it was a fun four years. And this was a fun year doing this podcast and being able to talk about all kinds of different stuff and recording in so many different circumstances. You know, whether it was after calling the <laughs> Evansville game or at, like, midnight – after Steven was in, uh, where was it? Were you like New My York? Basement? No, no. Oh, in... no. Oh, that Chicago. That was the Big Ten. I thought Chicago. you were talking about well, the Gonzaga to... game. So not to... uh... so you, when you're in Chicago for Big Ten, when you were in your basement for the Gonzaga game, or uh, when, you were, <laughs> when you were in New York for the Maryland game, and we had to record like super late at night after they beat Maryland. Yeah. So, mm. so many fun times. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that's a good, I think that's a good way to end. So for the final time, for Stephen Cohen, I'm Maury Benatar. To everyone who's listened to us over the past year on this podcast, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully this isn't the last of us you'll be hearing from. Hopefully you'll be hearing us in a d- d- different setting. Maybe not Illinois. <laughs> Maybe Illinois. Who knows? But, um, you know, follow Champagne Room on Twitter. Listen to this pod. Listen to Patrick and Anthony. They're going to do a great, great job. Tristan's going to do an awesome job. The site is in excellent hands. So is the podcast. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss you guys. 
We'll see you for the last time. Thank you for listening to Oski Talk over the past year. That's it for a month. I-L-L. I-N-I.